Hi, this is Booker T, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. Now, can you dig that, sucker? Credo. Yeah, yeah, what's up? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm listening to Straight Outta Compton, NWA. No, Hello. I, I know what you're, I know what you're listening to. I just, I'm confused. Why, oh. why are you listening to it? We've been plugging the show all week about we're having Compton on, and so I'm playing the song Straight Outta Compton, baby. Um, Getting down with the NWA, you know, gotta keep it real, right? No, no, you're definitely not doing that. But we promised that we were gonna have Cliff Compton. Cliff. Cliff. Cliff Compton. Compton. Yeah, Cliff Compton. Straight out of Compton? Um, no. Cliff Compton. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast with your hosts, Steve Credo and Jonathan Benjamin. Alright, welcome to episode 10. I'm Steve Credo. This is another wrestling podcast. With me, as always, is... Jonathan Benjamin. That's right, guys. We are your hosts for the evening, today, and every other Friday on another wrestling podcast. Uh, Jonathan, we, we love talking about wrestling, and you know, everybody out there listening to all these wrestling podcasts, if they're sick of all of them, they can always check out Another wrestling podcast. That's it, man. That's right. And uh, we have none other than, like you said, Cliff Compton joining us today. You might remember him as one half of the WWE Tag Team Champions, Deuce and Domino, Cliff Compton. Yeah, he was a great talent. Um, maybe one that possibly left left the WWE too soon. But um, he it's a great interview. Uh, he had a lot of things to say about... Everything from the the network to his time in OVW and what he thinks about the business today. So uh, it's it's definitely a great interview. Awesome, yeah. Before we get to that though, uh, I, I think this might give it away though. But uh, we want to give away a little plug to our sponsor for the next two weeks. Um, I think as soon as I say who the sponsor is, people are going to probably know who might be the guest on a future another wrestling podcast. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Unless they, um, yeah, no, it's pretty obvious. Well, <laughs> we are sponsored today, guys, by none other than KenShamrock.com. That's right, the Ken Shamrock. Uh, if you go to KenShamrock.com, you can get a VIP invite to the all-new website. Be the first to get an invite when the official website goes live. Head on over to KenShamrock.com. Sign up. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on on the site, a lot of photos, videos that we've never seen before. So, guys, check them out this week, KenShamrock.com. And, Jonathan, obviously we know uh, in a future episode, maybe two episodes away, we're going to talk to none other than the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Uh, I can't wait to pick his brain about you know UFC. Uh, he was basically one of the the – I mean, I think he's the most recognizable name in UFC, and he went on to have a great run in the WWE. Um, and I'd like to find out what he's up to these days too. So it'll be yeah. it's it's going to be great to have him on. Yeah, but definitely. But guys, if you're listening to it, like I said, head on over to KenShamrock.com. The le- the website is about to launch. Sign up today uh, and let them know that we sent you there. But anyway, Jonathan. Everybody listening to us right now, for the first time, they might not even know who we are, what we're doing. Tell What, what exactly? Where can they find us? Because, I mean, like I said, every week, we need your support, guys. We need those likes, those follows, those subscriptions. So, uh, Yeah, you know. definitely. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash another wrestling podcast. That's right, guys. Give us a big old like. And, hey, if you're on Twitter, you could follow us at... A Wrestling Pod. That's A Wrestling P-O-D. 
Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're on YouTube on youtube.com slash another wrestling pod. And we have a lot of videos from some interviews we did with a lot of famous superstars of yesterday and today. So be sure to check it out. But all in all, if you head on over to another wrestling podcast.com, that's the mothership. It has all of our links, everything where you can find us. Uh, check it out. If you forget it, just Google it. Come on. It's 2014. I think we all know how to, to find something online these days, right? Absolutely. Uh, definitely get on, check us out. Let us know what we're doing right. Uh, I would say let us know what we're doing wrong, but we haven't done anything wrong yet. So uh, we will enjoy today's episode, and we hope you enjoy it as well. Straight out of Compton, JB. Straight out of Compton. We have none other than Mr. Media, Mr. 1859, Cliff Compton. Uh, Cliff, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. All right. Um, so I don't know how many of you have uh, have been watching TV lately, but you may have seen that Cliff here was on a KFC commercial with none other than Colt Cabana. So um, how, how did that happen? I'm just very curious. It was a great commercial, but I just wanted to know how that came to be. Uh, pretty simple, actually. Uh Cole Cabana is a uh, the ultimate hustler, and uh, he does a lot of stuff outside of wrestling, whether it's his comedy stuff, uh, and he does some small acting roles. He was in an Old Navy commercial, and he called me and he said, hey, do you want to do this KFC thing? And I was like, sure. So I uh, flew to Chicago, and we uh, banged it out in a day. It took 12 hours to film, and... They created a minute and, what, 20 seconds out of it. But, uh, yeah, that, that was it. It was that simple. And, uh, you know, KFC was expecting it to be uh, pretty successful, but it exceeded everything they ever expected. So we might be doing another one. I don't know. It's now, do, do you and Colt now get free KFC for life, or how does that work? <laughs> no, we didn't. uh that wasn't part of the, the negotiations. Uh, Colt had to take a bite of the chicken finger about probably 200 times during <laughs> that day. So I think the last thing he wanted was unlimited KFC, and uh, you know. But no, I don't. I, you know, I'm not a big KFC guy. I mean, I, I eat it, but I man, not, not often. But they're everywhere. So, but no, it was a lot of fun and. Uh, a lot of people got a kick out of it, and uh, I thought it did a great job. No, it was great. It's it's awesome just to see you know you guys out there and and doing your thing. So um, if you haven't oh. seen it, definitely go on. I know it's on your your website, but um, you know just YouTube KFC with Colton Cliff. It's 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 pretty amazing. KFC arm wrestling. Yes. Um, so obviously you're you're in with all the wrestlers. You you yourself are a wrestler. Um, this week we got big news that Kevin Steen has signed to the WWE now. Um, you've done the, there's a new DVD out with Cliff Compton and, and Kevin Steen. What are your thoughts um, about Kevin Steen? Are you uh, excited for him or what, what do you think about this? Uh, Kevin uh, is a good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for years. Uh, I worked with him in Ring of Honor all year up until, I don't know, June or something. And uh, he's as good as it gets. Uh, you know, he's solid. He's um, he's a guy who was a very successful independent wrestler. And, uh, you know, I knew he had the, the it factor and he was, you just know with some guys, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, with Kevin, he, he was he was very good at what he does. Uh, now that he's going to this whole new NXT world, it's going to be a new, uh, new adventure for him, but he'll be fine. I think he'll be a, and I, I definitely think he's an asset to the company. It's just a matter of how they use him. So, you know, now he's, uh, he, he's good. He's very good. Do you want to take a guess on what they're going to change his name to? I, I, rec- uh, I recently he, talked to him and I asked him if it would be Staniel Keen, but he didn't. He didn't answer. He didn't answer. 
Um, he he told me a few names that were on the list. Uh, you know, some of them I kind of cringed at, and some of them I said not bad. Uh, you know, that's just whoa, that's my security system. Uh, some of uh, some of them, you know, that's just what they do. They have to trademark it, and it's all about licensing and all that. So, you know, unfortunately, he can't use Kevin Steen, but. Yes. It happens to everybody. It used to be different. It used to be they would let you use your real name, but they would let you use your name that you came in with from the indies, you know. But nowadays, with uh, you know, they're basically trademarking you, and they own you. They own your likeness. So yes. just say they change the name to Joe Smith, they'll own that name and they'll own that likeness. And uh, you know, it, it, from a business standpoint, it makes a hundred percent. You know, it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, now. I am I I I don't think I'm in the minority, but I definitely thought that Deuce and Domino were a, an amazing tag team. I mean, you guys even won the Mecca, you won the tag team championships. Um, believe it or not, we just talked to Romeo Roselli the other day, and yes. um, we we were talking about, and I think that you guys were in the same boat as them. The heartthrobs came in around, you know, they were a little earlier than you guys, but, you know, you're all in the same system coming up at about the same time. And he said that he thinks they suffered because, you know, they didn't really have any vignettes. They didn't really get that push that, you know, the the monster that, you know, pushing them. And, um, you know, I, I remember you guys similar, like not really having much of a, a push, just kind of getting thrown out into the deep end. And, um, I mean... Do you think that that was a big part of it, or do you think that people just didn't really get the whole concept of Deuce and Domino? Uh, a few things. Uh, Deuce and Domino was a huge hit in OVW. Um, the Untouchables? For yeah, for a year and a half, we ran strong, and uh, it was much different than what you saw on WWE. Uh, it was much more edgy. It was much more, you know, street gang outsider oriented um and originally when wwe came to us and said all right you know and they, we, we did a, a month or so in the house shows um you know that's just the way it works but they, they were going to do vignettes they're going to do six vignettes and they're going to film them at six flags here in louisville kentucky and uh very elaborate uh, and it was going to cost a lot of money because six flags was closed it was in the winter uh. So they needed a tremendous amount of extras and all that, and uh, they had everything ready to go, and then they pulled the plug at the last second because Vince McMahon wanted to be there because it was pretty, uh pretty elaborate thing, and he was called off to some sort of, I don't know, business meeting or something. But uh, So, no, we did not do vignettes, and, uh, you know, we, we debuted what they call cold, which is just they throw you out there, and there's a lot of pressure on you. Uh, to deliver, and um, they loved the debut, and and they loved everything else. Uh, I can understand the heartthrobs; they were in the same position. I, if I remember correctly, they debuted in Madison Square Garden, but it's a lot different now. Uh, you got to remember when Deuce and Domino debuted on SmackDown; it was still a separate brand. I mean, different set, different ring, different referees. You know, and we were put on the main roster with some of the the biggest superstars you can think of. I mean, The Undertaker was still full-time. Batista was still full-time. Ric Flair was full-time. Edge, Rey Mysterio, uh, Kali was getting a monster push, and they had their fair share of tag teams. Um, and the heartthrobs were put on Raw, which was even more stacked. So, you know, it's... I don't want to say it's easier now to uh, get yourself... Uh, known and over with the audience, but it, it kind of is, you know. So, you know, we were thrown right into the mix with a who's who of, of superstars. And I'm trying to make excuses, but Deuce and Domino, no matter what anyone says or thinks, was a was a very successful team. Um, you know, Vince loved it. Everything we put out from a merchandise standpoint made money. The song was a number one hit on iTunes. So, you know, it, for what it was. I'm I'm proud of it. Um, they they definitely tweaked it from what I created. Uh, they made it more of a happy-go-lucky grease guys, and uh, you know. But uh, once they gave us a little bit of character development, people started to get more into it because they could understand what it was. 
Um, you know, I've always liked gimmicks in wrestling. Um, I think more people like it now than they did back then. Uh, but it is what it is. But I just think, uh, I thought we did very well for ourselves considering who we were out there with. You know, it's a whole different world now in WWE. So I yeah. think if you're a new guy debuting, you know, sky's the limit because they're just dying for new stars. Now I was, I'm kind of hoping that this doesn't happen, but, and I, and I don't know, um, how familiar you are with, you know, if you watch NXT or anything like that, but there's the new tag team that's the VOD villains and it's Simon Gotch and Aiden English. And, you know, they're more of a throwback, um, if you will. So they, I, I love them, and I'm, I'm like you in the sense that I, I do like gimmicks. Um, and I, I hope yeah. that this doesn't, you know, they don't have a similar fate where they just kind of get thrown out there. But that's what's good about NXT, I guess, is that you kind of become a star there, and then, you know, you move to, to WWE where everybody's already watching you. Sure, sure. Um, you know, the WWE loves the gimmicks. You know, they, they'll straight up tell you it's entertainment. It's not pro wrestling. So, you know, if you're looking, if you get angry when WWE debuts a gimmick, well, that's just stupid because, you know, they're entertainment. Whether you like it or not, you know, they're, they're going to always, you know, they'll say, okay, do some domino. People will, will look at them and they can relate to them just because look at the way they're dressed, you know, but the people can't relate to a guy in boots and tights and knee pads with a headlock. That's the way they think, you know. They're, you know, they, they're entertainment, you know. It's not, and I know a lot of wrestling fans hate that, but that's what they are. Um, so you kind of have to just go with it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. NXT is so much different than the developmental system I was in. You know, now it's on a network and people can watch it and know who you are. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Because um, people might already make up their minds seeing you in NXT. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, in OVW, you know, we were on the WB station here, which was around the entire state of Kentucky, but that was it. And this is prior to, you know, stuff wasn't all over the internet and all that. So no one really knew who was in the uh, developmental system, except for if you really knew what was going on. And, uh, you know, the OVW was very cutthroat. You know, it was, everyone was fighting for a spot and there were very limited spots in the WW roster. Cause you know, like I said, SmackDown was loaded. Then Wow was still there. I mean, it was a who's who. And then, uh, you know, so to get on the actual roster was a huge accomplishment. Um, so, you know, but now it's all it's all changed. So who knows? You know, uh, Kevin Steen is very smart uh, with the way he marketed himself. You know, with his YouTube uh, escalades and all that stuff, and the Kevin Steen show, and you know, he was very smart. You know. Um, if I had those tools maybe five or six years ago, I definitely would have used them too. Um, but when I was around, we just had, I think, I don't even know, I think MySpace was the only <laughs> thing around and that creeps me out. So, uh, but no, he's, um, he's very well known on the indie scene and he's wrestled around the world, but you know, the majority of the WWE audience doesn't follow independent wrestling. Um, so he's pretty much got a clean slate, which is great. Uh, and uh, I wish him the world. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, you know, I it's it's kind of strange. You know, I, I he's they signed him, and uh, he'll probably stay in that system for a lot longer than anyone wants him to. But you know, it is what it is. You can't fight City Hall, so he'll just do his time there, and hopefully he'll move up. You know, but there's some guys who've been who've gone there that I thought were you know, a no brainer and they're not even there anymore. So I yeah, know. I mean, they, that happened with, he, with hero, obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, um, everybody's different. You know, some people don't get along with management. Some people are not good at yesing people. You know what I mean? Um, I thought Chris hero was a, a tremendous, you know, asset for them. I was shocked when, you know, they decided to part ways with them, but you know, it's the wrestling business. It's, it's not a soft business. It's a hard business. It really is. It, now you, um, you've mentioned, we've talked about it a little bit too, but, um, OVW, um, Ohio Valley wrestling for anybody who 
isn't familiar with what we're talking about. And that was based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, yeah. Lots of huge stars came from there. I mean, it's a, it was really a who's who. Uh, you know, you want to talk about anybody that's been a star in the last 10 years, they came from OVW. You've got sure. Orton, Batista, Cena, you know, you guys, Cliff Compton was there. Uh, you know, Punk came through the ranks there. Now that we have the WWE, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, um, yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. I I'm from the Midwest originally, so I got to see a lot of OVW shows, and they they were uh, uh, I think I think that they were just as good, if not um, better, than what you have NXT on the network now. But, yeah. Um, when they had when they I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, you're they fine. Had, when they had Paul Heyman uh, writing for about uh, maybe eight months or a year, then that show was just as good as SmackDown. It was an hour, but that, that it was you got a really good one hour wrestling show. Um when Punk was there and, you know, so so many guys. Um and a lot of guys who never made it out that I baffled me, but that happens, you know, it happens. But yeah, if you go on OVWrestling.com dot com and just click on alumni, so who's who? John Morrison, you name it, Carlito, all those guys. My my question: Do you think that WWE should ever? I mean, should put the, the all the OVW on the um, network? And I'm not for sure if they own the library or the part that they owned up until new management took over. Or yeah, they own. They bought the library off Danny Davis, um, which was up until they parted ways because Danny had everything. He had all of John Cena's early stuff. He has all of Randy Orton's early stuff. Brock, but he, he has everybody. You name it, he has them from 2000 to when did they leave? Oh, eight or oh nine, maybe. So they have a huge chunk of that library. Uh, some of it was featured on the CM Punk DVD. Yes. Um, Brent Albright matches. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it reminded me of an old territory OVW, which is still up and running today. It's just, you know, they don't have the caliber of, of talent that they did. I mean, I mean, they had everybody. Matt Morgan was there. I mean, you name it. I mean, it was 40 of the, the best wrestlers in the world. It, what was great, too, is that a lot a lot of times, and like I said, if you're not familiar with OVW, you probably wouldn't know this, but a lot of the, they sent a lot of, you know, famed WWE talent down there to help out. Like, I remember, you know, Kane would be down there, Mark Henry would be down there, and that was a regular right. occurrence. And once again, I think that, um, they're trying to kind of mimic what they're doing with the NXT after what they did with OVW. I mean, it's... It- yeah, they, OVW, then they had Deep South Wrestling, which was a carbon copy of OVW. Uh, and that, that, you know, they stopped that one for whatever reasons. And they had FCW, which was another carbon copy of OVW. Now, NXT is a lot different. It's much more high-end and a lot more money has gone into it. But um, at the end of the day, it's just, you know... The, co- the original combination of Rip Rogers, Jim Cornette, and Danny Davis was, uh, I would say, the best formula to make a, a feature star. And Jim Ross was a head of talent relations. This is even before I got there. Um, and they were, you know, they would actually recruit guys like Brock and Randy and John. And, you know, it was just, uh, you know, Nick Benzimore was part of that early era. Uh, the Bashams, Rob Conway. It was just, uh, it was a different time, you know. And the office wasn't so involved as they are. Mm-hmm. Like right now in NXT, uh, the office is heavily involved, you know, which it, it might be good, might be bad. I don't know. But in OVW, was, you know, the office was definitely, they came down, but just not as much. Now, do you, I mean, you, you've went from the Monster Factory to OVW to WWE. Um, do you think that people coming up, since we're talking about NXT, do you think that they're going to be as well-rounded? Um, because they don't, I don't feel like that they're out, I mean, like Kevin Steen, like this this group that are coming through right now, I feel like are the last of a dying breed. I don't think that people are out there as long anymore as you guys were. Um, you know, you started and you didn't get a guaranteed contract or anything like that. So do you think that that's going to hurt them? Or do you, I mean, I, I just don't know if that's the, it's going to be different, obviously. But I think that you guys personally probably had an advantage because you had to like, fight and scrape and claw to get what you, everything you got. Sure. Um, there's definitely guys out there who've been working nine, 10, 12 years who are definitely worthy 
and good enough to be in, in the WWE because that's pretty much everybody's goal nowadays is to get to WWE. Um, you know, Kevin had been working probably 10 years, 11 years. Um, but no, I, my experience when they just would sign a guy who was an ex-football player and had no wrestling experience, they, they, they didn't last because they, they didn't really, they didn't, number one, they didn't like it really. They liked the money, uh, but they didn't like it because it hurts. Uh, they hired bodybuilders and they didn't like it. They hired, uh, fitness models, girls, playboy models, and some of them worked out and some of them didn't. But I think at the end of the day, the guys who want to be pro wrestlers are going to be the guys who are most successful. So, um, if I'm going to just go ahead and plug this for you and you don't even have to say a word. I highly advise anybody who's a fan of professional wrestling to go out and buy the wrestling road diaries too on DVD. I think you can get it on coltmerch.com, And, um, I think probably that's about the only place you can get it right now, but, um, fantastic movie, uh, shows the life of, you know, Cole Cabana, Luke Gallows and Cliff Compton on the road. And they go all across America, um, hitting up, you know, independent wrestling events. And, uh, you know, you see some real emotion there. You see Luke Gallows, I don't want to spoil it, but you see Luke Gallows is fighting an injury. Um, you know, are there any stories that you can tell us that didn't make it to the DVD that are ridiculous? <laughs> well, there's a bonus disc that I didn't even know existed that someone told me there's a lot of stories on there. Um, no, that was, uh, that came out really good. You know, Colt approached me, man, about three months before we started doing it. And I told him I thought the only other guy that I thought we'd all mesh because we're all good friends with was, was Gallows. And, um, you know, we filmed it and Colt had a vision and he actually had a really good, well-known documentary guy film it. Um, and it just all came together and the guy had so much footage. I was really curious to see how it came to. And then we were in Chicago doing some comedy film with Colt and I saw Jack, who was the guy who filmed it. And he had the final copy. I couldn't believe it. And I'd seen trailers and whatnot, but then, uh, you know, I saw it and I said, "Man, this this came out this came out a lot better than I thought it would." Uh, and we debuted it at WrestleCon at WrestleMania, and it's been selling like crack ever since. But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stories from that from that movie. Um, there's a lot of craziness going on. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um Luke could do such a good uh, Howard Finkel impersonation, which is he can do it all. He's uh, I just spoke to him yesterday. He's here in the States, but then it's back to Japan and Bullet Club. Uh, yeah, he can do a lot of voices. He's uh, he's he's multi-talented. Um, do you, you know, since we're talking about movies now, and I've listened to several of the podcasts you've done, um, and you are a pretty pretty well-known movie buff. Are there? Do you have any favorite movies? Uh, I have a lot of favorite movies. Um, probably too many to name. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is probably Back to the Future. Uh, that's one of my favorites. But then I like stuff like The Godfather. You know, Casino was on today. Uh, I watch everything. There's probably not a movie I won't watch. Um, I have tons of favorites, but uh, I don't know. You know, the newer stuff that comes out in the theaters, it's going to really be really catch my eye for me to go see it. But I guess I kind of like older movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess another good question about the uh, keeping with the Wrestling Road Diaries is if you could, if you had the chance to do your own, do you think you would have picked Cliff and or I'm um, Cliff uh, Colt and Luke, or do you think you would have picked you know two other people to go out on the road with? Uh, it's definitely got to be people you're legitimately friends with, and uh, the three of us are legit friends, uh, even if we weren't wrestling, we'd be friends. So I think that's why it worked so well. Um, I don't know if there'll be another one. I don't know if Colt's going to do another one. Um, I thought Kevin Steen would have been good in it. Um, you know, but Colt, Colt likes to put his friends in it. You know, he doesn't want to put a guy in there. He doesn't really know. Cause that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess I would, I'd probably pick the same guys, you know, yeah. Maybe. who knows? There's definitely people, you know, you know, and you can fuck around with. Yeah, one of the best uh, parts of the movie, I thought, was when you were talking to Tex. 
Yes. Oh my God. And, uh, I saw, you know, at the very end, I don't want to spoil it once again, but, uh, you know, God rest his soul, but I, yes, yes. That and, was, uh, it was crazy because that town was so small and you can't really tell how small it was on uh, camera, but that town was tiny and we were actually looking what we thought was a tanning salon, but it was abandoned. And I turned around and I said, man, there's a guy on a tractor. And of course he turns out to be 99 or 98 years old. And, uh, you know, we just started talking to him and, uh, you know, it, it, it was, um, it was just one of those moments in the movie that, you know, you just uh, come across this wackiness when you travel around the, the world. And, uh, that's the point of the, the wrestling road diaries is to show you, you know, what, what happens going from town to town. So yeah, Tex was, uh, Tex has like a little bit of a cult following, but, uh, you know, I remember Jack sent me these emails about, you know, cause he was very well known in that town and, you know, sadly, you know, he's not with us anymore. Um, and, uh, we're going to dedicate the movie to him, but you know, he was very well known in that town and it was just cool. Cause you know, that's the kind of stuff you come across when you go to these obscure towns, you meet some of the craziest people and you meet some of the nicest people. And, you know, sometimes you never know what's going to happen. It's interesting to see that, you know, I have stories. I've been a fan for years or whatever, but I can always say, hey, I talked to this person or I shook hands with that person. But to hear, you know, you guys actually say, you know, that that person changed your life or you're you're going to think about them. It just it it changes the whole dynamic. And I think, it you know, like I said, this this movie doesn't necessarily feel like um it it just feels more human, I guess is the best the best way to put it. So uh, definitely go out and see it. Um, and in yeah. the in in the movie, you you know you were talking that now you go to these towns and you almost feel like the um, I'll say grizzled old vet because that's uh-huh. something you need to know also. But um, you're training guys, you're telling them what they can do better and how they can help the the profession that you made a, a name in. Um, with that being said, is there anybody out there on the independent scene that you haven't worked with that you'd like to work with? Or, I mean, I once again, you travel all over, so I'm sure that there's a lot of people. But somebody uh, asked me this the other last week. I've almost been in the ring with just about everybody, um, which is crazy. Even, I mean, I guess the people I hadn't been in the ring with were in Ring of Honor, and I did a lot of their shows, and I wound up working with guys like. Lethal and Elegant and the Briscoes and Jimmy Jacobs and Steen, obviously. But, uh, I mean, there's, you know, one, one person I always wanted to work with was Steen, uh, and, and I accomplished that. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to do something with, uh, there's been so many times where I was supposed to work with, uh, Tommy Dreamer. Yes. Who's been a friend of mine forever. And we're supposed to work at WrestleCon and something happened. So he's probably the, one of the last. Him or Samoa Joe are two guys I'd probably want to do something with. So you know, before I hang up, hang it up. Yeah, you should. Um, and obviously, you talk to him more than I would. But um, I've went to two of his House of Hardcore shows that he's had up here. I'm I'm in the Northeast now, so um, yeah. And they've been you know wildly successful, and um, you know I think you would definitely be a good fit for for House yeah. of Hardcore. So I'm going to start a petition to get you to at House of Hardcore. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's a work in progress, but, uh, cause I'm in Louisville now. So, you know, Tommy's a very smart guy, you know, he does, he he's a very smart guy. So it's just a matter of right time business and all that. So absolutely, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. And, um, we got just a few more questions for you. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. If you could, if you're, you know, speaking of the, the bigger, the, you know, the top two, I guess, right now, WWE and TNA. Is there any person that you really um, like right now? A lot of people that we ask this question, they're they're huge on on Bray Wyatt. Um, and is there anybody that you you see a bright future for? Um, oh, I think right now there's a tremendous opportunity to step up and be a star because WWE is dying for new stars. Um, you know, they're they're dying, and, and you know, some guys they're pushing down the audience's throats, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. But no, I I, I don't watch that much mm-hmm. um, anymore. I do like the Wyatt, the Wyatt guy because he's a gimmick, and I like how he has that little lantern and he sings and all that stuff. Um, 
you know, uh, I guess the Shield guys, I, I mean, they, they seem to be the guys that everyone thinks are going to be the future. I don't know. Um, it usually turns out to be someone you never think it will be. Yeah. You know? I mean, nobody thought Steve Austin was going to blow up and be Stone Cold. No one thought Rocky Maivia was going to become The Rock. You know, CM Punk, nobody thought was going to do anything. Uh, but And look what happens, you know. So I'll be curious to see or it, maybe it won't happen, uh, but no. I mean, there's definitely talented guys there. I, I thought Zack Ryder, he's, not just because he's a, one of my longtime friends, really, to wrestle him when he was a major brother, but I thought he he was a, a can't-miss, and, you know, he kind of has faded out, and, you know, Dolph Ziggler, I thought, was another can't-miss. Uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of shit that goes on that nobody knows about, you know, politics and all that stuff, so they have talented guys. It's just a matter of behind the scenes, who they want to use, who they want to push, you know, there's so much more that goes into it than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my final question before we can find out what else, where, where everybody can get a hold of you is what is the best thing that's ever happened to you because you're a pro wrestler? Uh, there's a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, feel free. You can you can say whatever you want. I just want to throw that out there. Um, free stuff. Um, uh, women, beautiful women. Um, you know, it's it, it's uh, you know, professionally, obviously, you know, overseas, we were much much more popular. We were almost always baby faces overseas, which which blew my mind, but. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, too much, too much to to tell, probably. But uh, I think I think the best times I had, and a lot of people will tell you this, were in developmentally and in OBW because we were doing four shows a week, and it was just uh, the camaraderie and the the quality of the shows was so good. And then, of course, there was the partying. So. Uh, you know, it was just out of control. You know, Miz was here. We would have this shit called Miz Fest. We'd go out to downtown Louisville to all the bars, and we would just we'd run up these tabs of eight, ten thousand uh, dollars at some of these bars, and the guys would comp them out. We wouldn't have to pay for a thing, so we were like the kings down there. You know what I mean? So yes. stuff like that. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff that would get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but you know. Well, we we definitely get the gist. Uh, that's that's great. Um, so, definitely, you you came on here. I just want to tell the story that um, you know, if you are a fan of wrestling, you should definitely look up Cliff Compton. Check out any of his stuff. Um, I know that you are on Twitter. You're on Facebook. Uh, could you just give us any any where people can find you? Twitter's the best place at Cliff Compton, or okay. you can go on Facebook. Um, cliffcompton.net that's my verified page because everyone always asks is that you, is that you uh, so that's, that's me so and, but, uh, uh, and I'll answer I, a lot of people don't like to answer the fans but people ask me questions all the time I can't get to them all but uh, I'll, I'll try to reply to some of them and I'll retweet you if, if you really want me to, I don't have much you know some guys they take Twitter way too seriously <laughs> yes. um, this is for fun you know is there any place um, I I could tell them, but I'll have you do it. Is there any place that they can get if if they're really wanting some Cliff merchandise? Where can they get that? Yeah, I'm one of the top sellers at ProWrestlingTees.com. So you go to ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/ClipCompton, or just go to ProWrestlingTees.com and click on me. Last month, the top sellers were the Young Bucks, myself, and Kevin Steen. And the month before that. I was in the top three again in the month before that I was. but And keep in mind, this website has WWE Hall of Famers, WWE Legends, and everybody and anybody else who's involved with wrestling. So that's pretty cool, you know, that the fans are... Uh, I, I tell everyone there's been a giant resurgence in independent wrestling. There's a lot, so a lot of the people don't like what they see on Monday nights. Um, I'm just telling you what I hear. Oh, absolutely. So I'll, be at, I'll be at a show, a very small show, some are a little bigger, some are a little smaller, and they'll say, I hate that stuff on Monday nights. I just want to watch wrestling. That's why I come here. So, hey, whatever you're into. Uh, whatever you're into. Well, and, you know, this the Independent is definitely uh, a good outlet for those of you that do not like it. But I highly suggest going uh, around. I, I saw that you'll be in Cleveland soon as well, I think. Yes. 
uh, for AIW. Uh, the first weekend in September, huge, huge. I'll be there two days. It's three days. They're going to have everybody. Cabana will be there. Michael Elegant will be there. Tracy Smothers will be there. you got Eddie Kingston. Uh, some very beautiful girls. I just can't think of their names. I saw uh, Abyss, I think, is going to be there as well. Yes, Abyss will be there. But if you want to go to all three nights, it's only 50 bucks. Just go to, I guess, AIW Wrestling, their website, and you can buy uh, tickets in advance, or you can go to the door. But it's going to be packed. That place is a madhouse. But it'll be a lot of fun. I'll be there. Cabana will be there. And we're just going to, I don't know. Everyone thinks we're going to start a riot, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> and and lastly, uh, I wouldn't be a doing due diligence uh, for my job if I didn't ask this. My last question for Cliff Compton is, do you surf? Do I surf? No, no. Have you seen the T-shirt? But that's a question I get everywhere. Okay, well. Uh, it's a clever T-shirt. I'm never going to reveal the meaning behind it because then it would kill it. But that uh, that's my that has been the I think that's my best selling T shirt that and Death Proof. So, but yeah, no, it comes in five colors. Well, I will uh, definitely let everyone know that's you know that's one a week. So that's uh, for your work week. You can wear a different Cliffy Don't Surf every every yeah. day of the week. Front well, and back. Yeah, well, I would definitely uh, thank you very much for joining us on another wrestling podcast. Uh, we'd like to have you back anytime that you'd like, and um, sure. and you know, check out all of his stuff at Cliff Compton, uh, cliffcompton.net, and uh, you know, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, there you have it, Cliff Compton joining us on another wrestling podcast. A great, great host. A uh, lot to say. Hope we have him back on the show sometime. Um, like, he, like he said at the end there, if you want to like him on Facebook, he has his site. It's cliffcompton.net on Facebook. And uh, you can also follow him on Twitter. So please do that. And you know what, Credo? What's that? Uh, he's definitely one of those guys that I wish we would have saw more of in the WWE. After... The, the split up of Deuce and Domino, they both kind of went their separate ways. Uh, we all saw what happened to Deuce, and Domino just didn't didn't make it. So um, I, I think that this is one of those times where I can definitely see that WWE missed the, missed the boat on a, on a person. Um, yeah. I mean, who do you – do you have any of those people that you think, man, I really wish that WWE would have kept them around longer? Yeah, I mean, I think, like like I said, even just talking about Deuce and Domino real quick, I mean, those guys had a, a great build to them. They had a great look. I think they fell victim to right place, wrong time kind of thing. Um, and it happens to a lot of guys, but there's there's a handful of guys we could talk about. Um, I'll start off by saying even uh, a Luke Gallows, for example. He started off as Festus, right? And it was like, eh, all right. But then he got repackaged as Luke Gallows. And it was like, you know, sweet. He's a totally different man. He's totally different now. He's a big guy. And, you know, that, that's like what the WWE wanted. You know, they want these big guys to be dominant and whatnot. And it was almost another victim who was, I guess you'd call it one of those, you know, right places, wrong times kind of things to where, they just probably didn't know what to do with him then. And it's a shame because, I mean, he's still great right now in the Indies. We've seen him at a bunch of places like House of Hardcore. Uh, and, it, you know, just to name one of them, we, we talk about a lot of guys coming up. But, you know, right? I mean, you've seen them. I think he, he would have been a lot better if they kept them around to some capacity. But it's just one of those things like they don't know what to do with them after a while. I think it's the writer's fault. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a uh, person that I think – um, that WWE dropped the ball with is, you know, right off the bat, I think, uh, Ken Anderson. You know, he was in um, OVW for a while, got brought up to WWE. Um, they kept touting him. He came out. He had great crowd participation, um, was beating world champion after world champion. They put him in the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 23. He won that match. And then, unfortunately, you know, circumstances happened, and he had to drop the briefcase to to Edge. But um, he went on to do great things in TNA. You know, he was part of Aces and Eights. Now he's just kind of off on his own. But I would really like to see him back in WWE someday. But I, I just think that it's either sometimes that they have so many people that, like, other people get overlooked, 
or that somebody has a grudge against somebody or, you know, it, who knows exactly what it is. But uh, it's definitely one of those one of those things that you wish that they wouldn't have have left. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, do you think that part of it, too, is like backstage politics? Because actually, believe it or not, the funny story is about Mr. Kennedy. Uh, you know, he actually injured himself in our hometown in Poughkeepsie at a house show. And I think that's when they wrote him, wrote him off of, uh, you know, from the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, but th- I don't know. I, I think that a lot, of, a lot of it has to do with politics sometimes backstage. Like one guy's either afraid of losing his spot, so he either badmouths this other guy saying he's bad in the ring or something like that. I heard some rumblings. I read the dirt sheets. You know, I'm a Mark. I'm a fan about him and maybe Randy Orton. I don't think Randy Orton really liked him that much because he said he was a little bit dangerous in the ring. I don't know how much that is true, but do you think that besides being underutilized, that it has to do with a lot of guys afraid of losing their spot, so they kind of like badmouth another guy? I mean, it is a very competitive business. If you look at it, I mean, at any time in the in the world, maybe there's around 100, 125 maybe tops of WWE employees, talent. And, I mean, they're all if, – if like like you've heard over and over and over, if you're getting into this business and you don't want to be WWE champion, then you shouldn't be in this business. So I think that everybody's trying their hardest to get to that spot. But um, I think that, you know, uh, a former guest on the show, Matt Stryker, is another guy that they let go too soon. He was great on commentary. He mm. – um, you know, he was one of those – he was multifaceted. He could wrestle. He could be an uh, announcer. He could be – you know, pretty much anything they wanted. And with the advent of the network, like they should have definitely kept him around because he could have hosted shows or done just about anything they asked him to do. So I don't know that it's always just about spot. I think that sometimes it's just maybe they're not sticking out as much as they should or they're not making as big of a, as the old saying goes, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So I don't know if maybe that's sometimes a part of it too. I, I'm, I'm sure they're, Thousands of factors go into it, but um, yeah, yeah. Matt Stryker was probably one of the most surprising ones that I think were let go in recent times because he he was like you said he was great on commentary. He was one of the only guys on commentary when he you watched a match, he called the match. You know, he called the moves, he called what was going on, he gave the history of what was happening, and the only other guy I knew to do that was Jim Ross and. I, I, when you put them in a lineup of who they could have let go, I'm surprised they didn't let Josh Matthews go first, you know, compared to, to Matt Stryker. And I'm wondering, is it because maybe he was there longer, but he wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, is he getting more money that they needed to release him or what? But it was like one of those things is we'll never really know why they let him go because I thought he was great on commentary. We sat next to him calling a match and we were working a show. And we were doing the audio, and we were more focused on listening to Matt Stryker next to us call the match than we were on the doing our jobs. And it was because it was just great the way I don't know. He's got the voice, he's got the the knowledge, and it's one of those things, man. It's he was underutilized. I mean, they could have did so much more with him in that. I, I don't know why. It's one of those head scratchers. It's like why him out of all these guys? Why him? Yeah, and I mean, I think the next person that we have to say is somebody who was obviously uh, is is obviously friends with with Cliff Compton is is Colt Cabana and they brought him in as Scotty Goldman. Um he just kind of wrestled and that was about it and um he wrestled only, you know, four matches I think with WWE and then he was released. Obviously, WWE looking back now is probably kicking themselves in the in the pants. Uh they also I had heard, you know, through the dirt sheets or whatever that they were trying to get him to be on commentary. But yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what happened with that. But obviously, I like to call him the father of the wrestling podcast. I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. I think that he's the the one that started this big revolution. And I mean, he could have been doing that for WWE. So yeah. I, I just think that he's probably, as far as as recent times go, he's definitely one of the people that I think is the the biggest letdown from WWE. Yeah, definitely. I mean. I just like I don't know. It's one of those things. Is like somebody must not like him because I mean he has a great voice. He knows what he's talking about, and you know he. I think he would be just another asset to them, uh, name wise, not only uh, professional wise. I mean, gr- no offense, Colt, 
you might not be the greatest wrestler in the world, but you're one of the most entertaining wrestlers. I mean, he has a different style. We've seen him. You know, it's it's like Santino meets something else. And I think, but Colt's been doing a lot longer before uh, Santino, though. I don't know, maybe. But, uh, you know, he had a different thing. It was funny. It's It was entertaining, the part where he was doing. But I don't know. You know, it's one of those things, again, it's like, why? Why not? Why not him? And it's one of those head scratchers, man. Yeah, I, you know, we could sit here and, and talk and talk and talk about it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like these guys aren't really letting it. Well, you hope they're not letting it get to them. They're getting out there still. They're still going out on the independence. They're still making a living for doing what they love. Uh, there are people that probably, you know, WWE came knocking. They hit the Mecca. Next thing you know, they get fired, released, whatever. And they're not heard from on the wrestling scene for forever and uh you know it that's when you know that they kind of their heart i guess wasn't really in it because had it been they would have stuck it out and done the independent shows and you know made the loops but um i mean a good example of that is recently released people like brodus clay and evan Bourne. i mean they made their way around the northeast here and you know they they're doing they're doing well, and I'm sure that a lot of these guys are probably making more money on the independent scene, and they have more freedom to do other things than they ever did in WWE. I mean, I can't imagine that Evan Bourne was making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, so man, he's one guy I would love to see them have done more with. I mean, we only got like a glimpse of him for a little bit and then he was gone and then he was injured for a while. And, you know, he, he's one of those high flyer guys that you just wanted to watch all the time in the ring. But, you know, due to injury, we lost him for a while. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, if you're damned, if you do, you're damned, if you don't. And, you know, you just miss these opportunities with these guys and it's hit or miss sometimes because it's like, you have a great wrestler, you have a great look, you got great talent and then you can only go so far sometimes as what you know the writers give you. And a prime example of that is Brodus Clay. I saw Brodus Clay in NXT. Uh, I was like, you know, he's got a different look. He reminded me of like uh, King Kong Bundy meets I don't know something else. You know what I mean? Like he had that look, and I'm, I remember it where they're teasing him like Brodus Clay's coming, Brodus Clay's coming, this and that. So I was like, sweet, they're gonna make him into this big monster heel. And he finally debuts, and it's like he's got this dancing gimmick. And it was like, really? I mean, you know, you have this guy with this big look. You can made him into somewhat of a monster, and they did that to him. And, like, I think he is a prime example of, you know, being in the, the E now, the entertainment aspect, to where he could have been a lot better in, like, the 80s and 90s than he was where he was given the time that he was given. I mean, granted here and there, it was, it was entertaining. It was funny. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like they built it up, built it up. Like he's going to be this monster thing. And then all of a sudden he just comes out dancing and that's what kind of killed it for me. I mean, he, I, no offense to him, but I mean, it's like one of those, those things with the writers, you think it's just the writers sometimes just don't know what to do with these guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess that the pressure you have to, you have to just think that the pressure is overwhelming for everybody involved. Um, when Brodus Clay first came in, you know, I, I don't know, he was, they, they packaged him as G-Rilla. Um, he was just this big guy, and he kind of was a, a heel. They had him going for a while. He came up to the roster. They put him on NXT, which was trying to get, you know, whatever. Then when he debuted, he was with Alberto Del Rio and Ricardo Rodriguez, and he was kind of playing a heel, which is great. But, I mean, I immediately look at someone like that, and I think he's huge. He's got size. Um, you know, let him be like a like a bad news brown type character where you know it's just mean and 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 all that stuff. Even like you said, like a King Kong Bundy. I just I just don't think that if it was up to me, I would have said, you know what, we're gonna put a fedora on you, some <laughs> track pants, and um, you're gonna be the the Funkasaurus. But I mean, that's that's just it. I mean, it, whenever you have a huge company and they have certain things that there's certain like demographics they're looking for or whatever then you get strapped with that and you make the best out of it and i think he did for a while but had had he gone a different way i think that he'd still be with the company right now and that's none not his fault at all yeah how about how about these uh two examples too of uh guys that were like uh my first one is caval or low-key 
Um, I, I think what he was the NXT like the first winner or the second winner or something like that. No, I forget. He was on the second season. And, and he won it, right? He, he won, yeah. And then he, he left. Like, they didn't have anything for him. He wasn't doing anything. And it was just like, why would they do all this, you know, putting it over, like, to win it? And then you don't do anything for the winner. And then my other example of, like, somebody winning something is, uh, you know, the Tough Enough contest, the recent Tough Enough they had. Um, I can't even think of his name because he's not even relevant anymore. And, you know, Andy, they had Andy Levine. That's it, man. And silent he, rage. <laughs> that's it. He's been silent too long. I mean, those two guys right there are examples of like shows that you, you know, you, you promote so much, you show it on TV, you have the winner and then you don't know what to do with the winner anymore. And it's just like, why, why did you waste all this time to, you know, talk them up, you know, make it, make these guys a big deal, make them the winner and then it's like, and that's it. We don't have anything else for you. Yeah, I mean, they did that with, um, I mean, believe it or not, Johnny Curtis won one of the seasons of, of yeah. uh, NXT, and that's, you know, Fandango. He was supposed to get, like, a title shot, and they ended up putting him with, I'm pretty sure it was R-Truth, to do a tag match for the tag belts and lost, and that was it. It's like, if you're going to make these statements if you're i mean you have to follow through with them and this is probably a topic for another show but um i feel like that the wwe looks at us fans sometimes and and thinks that man we have a short memory so we're just gonna tell them whatever they are you know whatever we want them to think and then like if we change it two weeks from now three weeks from now or whatever then it doesn't matter and that's the same thing with all these gimmick changes you have these great guys that come in Maybe they get saddled with a bad gimmick, and then all of a sudden they get you know something else. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, Johnny Curtis wasn't really going anywhere as Johnny Curtis. Um, I thought him and Derek Bateman were hilarious together, and that's another person that I, I mean, just since we're talking about it, that they let go. And and TNA now he's thriving as EC3. So um, you know, sometimes I think it's good for these people if they do get released, take some time away. Maybe think about what they want to do and then come back. I mean, it's happened to all the greats. Uh, you know, Stone Cold got fired via FedEx for God's sake. So um, after he after that happened, it kind of lit a fire under him. And I think that that happens sometimes. These these guys get let go by the company, and you either sink or swim. And and like we said, we've given some examples of the people that have have swam and and taken the ball and ran with it. So um, yeah, it's a good it's a good it's a good thing for everybody i guess sometimes just to i don't want to say to just get get released but i mean if if you're a strong person then you know then you'll be just fine yeah it's just one of those things i guess where you know there's so many fish in the sea you know and some of them just happen to swim on by i guess one of those i I don't have a good analogy for it but you know what i mean they have all these guys and i guess we kind of get attached like wow this guy's gonna be really good and then all of a sudden they they kill them or, you know, they, they do something to where they just get rid of them or they don't use them. And it's a shame because, you know, I think it's just you have a, a, over, a, an overabundance of talent and you should be knowing what you should know what to do with them. You know, like you have how many shows now? Raw, main event, SmackDown, superstars, you know, they need to like I always talk about it where you have to have more brand separation like. You know, keep guys on Raw, run Raw. Keep guys on SmackDown, SmackDown like they used to, but maybe have the champions go back and forth. But I don't know. It's just a different day and age, I guess, where they it's just too much media. And now with the network, there's just nonstop programming, you know? there's I don't know what to do with all these people. Yeah, I mean, but th- there's a classic example. You have NXT now, and that NXT is automatically getting those people – you know, their their new newest people getting their name out there quicker than ever before. Um, you had guys like, you know, Cassius Ono, who was in the former Chris Hero, who was in NXT, and they let him slip through their fingertips. Now, I'm not for sure exactly what happened, but he's one of those guys that everybody knew him as Chris Hero. Now he's in NXT as Cassius Ono. He's being put on the show slowly but surely he's starting get to get builds and all that stuff and they've invested time and money into this character and then it just goes flat and then they release him so uh, i i mean i guess that there's got to be a lot more to it than than what we know but i just think sometimes it, it from an outsider it just looks like why i mean it's yeah it has to be the politics because i mean people say oh it was his look you know he wasn't 
that in shape or something like that. But you just hired Kevin Steen, so don't give me the crap about he wasn't in shape. You know what I mean? Like there's, He didn't need to be. We saw him at WrestleMania Access, and he probably put on one of the most entertaining matches I've seen in a while where – what was the the jacket? Uh, remember that? The, yeah. The wrestling for the jacket or whatever. Yep. Do you remember that? If you could explain that to everybody listening, I'm tra- it was. I'm trying to figure out who he was. Uh... Yeah, I forgot who he fought, but he he came out with his jacket on, and then I don't know. He was doing something with the crowd there that this is the first ever, you know, jacket match, and the winner of the match will get the jacket or something. It was something ridiculous like that, but whatever he was doing, it was just really, it was just really entertaining. Yeah, well, I mean, and like I said, it's just it's kind of scary because. This person is well known. They just hired a brand new crop of like the most well known guys outside of WWE. With it, like Prince Devet, you've got Kenta, you've got Sami Zayn, you've got Kevin Steen. Now you've got all these guys that made their names outside of the WWE. And my worry is that this could happen to one, if not all, of those guys. Yeah. And you, I mean, like I said, I guess. If you're built for it, then you're built for it, and hopefully that you come, you know, you come out on top. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, to sum it all up, though, with all these guys, you know, I don't think it it relies on them and what they do. I think a big part of it has to do backstage, the politics, the writing. You know, it's a lot of the guys backstage on how they're they're wanting to use these guys, and I think a lot of the blame has to fall on them sometimes, and it's not just the superstar themselves. But could you think right now currently who this might be happening to or has happened to of guys that are in there right now? And I think my biggest one would probably be Zack Ryder uh, to where, you know, he built himself up on the internet. He got himself over and then they creative kind of just killed him. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy for all intents and purposes that, you know, like you said, he put himself over, he started the YouTube show. And once again, the YouTube thing like got millions of hits and they were actually cheering for him during a match at Madison Square Garden over Rock and and Cena. I mean, yeah. if you can think about that, like that probably doesn't happen very much, but I think that up until uh SummerSlam when Dolph Ziggler won the the Intercontinental Championship that this was happening to Dolph Ziggler. And I've heard all kinds of rumors and stuff about why that they've not been pushing Dolph Ziggler, but if I had to say right now, the biggest person that I think that they're they're kind of overlooking and making look ridiculous is Damian Sandow. Oh, uh, I was just going to say that. I, oh, man, I know it. I mean, he went from being a Money in the Bank winner, which usually means that you're basically golden. You're going to win a, a title to now he's dressing up like Magneto, uh, a lumberjack. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. He had a great gimmick. He had the genius gimmick which is so much better than what Lanny Poffo actually even did when he was the genius. He, you know, he had the great gimmick. He had, he was great on the mic. He was great in the ring. What the hell happened? Like, why do you change all that all of a sudden to make him do all these stupid things? Like, did he, did he not shake hands backstage with somebody? Yeah. I mean, that could definitely be it. If you, and, and what you have to watch out for is look and see, at someone like Cesaro right now. Oh, please. I don't want to. I hope not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's there and we may never know. Um, we'll just have to wait until they get on our show and we can ask him then. I know, but it, I mean, it's a good topic to talk about it. We can talk about it briefly and we can keep going on about it. We'll have to talk about it later on too. But I mean, you know, let us know out there, email us, tweet us, Facebook us, let us know what you guys think. Who do you think is the most underutilized talent right now or uh, of, of back then too? Because like I said, we just had Cliff Compton on. Uh, and, you know, he, like I said, I think he was in the right place at the wrong time. I mean, for his look and stuff. I mean, back then when he was tag team champions, when he was tag team champions with, you know, Deuce and Domino, they had a good gimmick. But I think that gimmick was a gimmick that probably couldn't last that long you know what i mean it kind of just faded out and maybe they needed to update it but it just you know it, they just didn't do it it just fell flat and and it just falls apart from there you know yeah um once again we want to thank cliff compton for joining the show tonight um and also if you are a sponsor 
um, and you're looking to get a hold of us, just email us at anotherwrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and like you said today, we're very, very excited for our upcoming show with Ken Shamrock. And if you didn't hear us say it in the beginning of the show, go to www.kenshamrock.com. Be sure to sign up for the VIP. Um, you'll get all the Ken Shamrock news whenever the site goes live, and you'll be one of the first to get in on the action. So um, also, you know, start sending us questions. If you have anything you want to ask Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, let us know. Definitely. And uh, Jonathan, the next show, who do we have? Oh, um, to steal a line from Jerry Lawler, puppies. <laughs> That's right, Jonathan. We have none other than Deborah McMichael Marshall. Deborah, pretty much. So she's joining us next week on episode 11. So be sure to tune in on anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. You can find all of our links. We said it in the beginning. We don't need to say it again. But uh, Jonathan, until next time, I guess. Yeah, this you have been listening to <sighs> Another Wrestling Podcast. Another Wrestling Podcast.